Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Ah, brilliant. Well, you will, uh, I'm asking you just to excuse me just for a a moment. If I sound a bit uh, different today, I've just been... um, I'm not letting I'm not letting sickness stop today. Are you ready? I know that God's got a great message in store. How how many um, really really sense the presence of God during worship today? So so good. You sounded so incredibly good and amazing, and um, and I just want to encourage you to continue to press in in that way. That's just super exciting and, um, and beautifully led by the team, of course, as well. Um, today, uh, today, we'll grab that first slide up and let it speak for itself. Um, today, I just felt to talk about um, uh, out of the book of Revelation, where it talks about Jesus being the lion and the lamb. And I know this may not necessarily be, you may have come expecting a Christmas message or something like that. I mean, look, you know, it's a bit like the Chinese shop, wherever that was, Sam, in back of Finlay or wherever it was, and always playing. It's always Christmas for us, right? Like, it's always Christmas for those who believe because um, the promises of God, the word says a yes and amen. And... um, and we have to understand that um, Jesus uh, comes both as a lion and a lamb, and we're going to dive into that in uh, a few moments. So we'll go to the second slide. The second slide um, here, um, uh, that QR code there is a public view link through to the slides for today. And we're going to be reading a fair bit of scripture. So if you wanted to follow along with that, again, you just get out your camera and uh, you don't take a photo of it. You just let the camera look at that QR code and you can follow, follow along with the slides that we have here. But where we might go today, we have to understand um, that imagery is powerful. It's, it's interesting that uh, Jesus would be d- both described a lion and a lamb. We're going to look at why. Why would he be described as a lion? Why would he be, des- be described as a lamb? Like a lion, if, if you passed a lion in the street, uh, what would you do? Yeah, well, all you have to do is run faster than the slowest person, right? Um, <laughs> um, I think I think in uh, I think it was in Italy, in in Italy uh, somewhere uh, just recently that a some a lo- some lion escaped or something like that and was roaming down the streets and and all that sort of stuff. Only in crazy Italy, right? You know, um, but. Um, uh, and so a lion is like, you know, but, you know, I, I want Jesus to be my friend and my shepherd, but he's a lion. And then we go, oh, Jesus is a lamb. Ah, 
That's better. Cute little lamby lamb. Uh, you know, fluffy. You know, you can imagine a lamb in the in the uh, in you know a spring lamb. Mm, spring lamb. Um, uh, you can imagine a spring lamb with their tails haven't been docked yet, and they're just frolicking around in the grass and in the pasture, right? And they just sort of spring, right, as 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 they run along. And you go, oh, Jesus, the lamb. Yes, I, I, I like I like lamb Jesus. That's nice. Um, and uh, but then we're going to be looking at the, the the fact that to be able to see Jesus for who He really is, it actually creates a, a, a tension, and the tension is for, for an opportunity for us to grow, develop, and change. All right. And then the last thing we're going to look at, hopefully we'll get there, is that we are His bride, and it's important that we understand that you know we don't just come to church because there's great coffee, there's great worship. We don't come to church because there's uh, a whole bunch of friends and our church family, although all of that is wonderful. We come to church because there is this element that, A, the Bible says don't forsake the gathering together of the brethren, all right? It says it it reinforces, hey, it, it is important for us to get together. It is important. It's encouraging for one another, um, and uh, it, that is important. So, coming to church for great fellowship and and uh, you know all of that is is really really great. But actually, actually, what's most important is that something happens when we come together and we worship Jesus. So we're actually coming together to be with Jesus. We're coming to Jesus here. Is that cool? All right. And so there is an opportunity for encounter. Every single Sunday we can encounter Jesus. How many know that you can encounter Jesus at the end of your bed every morning too? Hello? And so there is that, there, there's that moment of where there is always an invitation to encounter Jesus. There is always that invitation that Jesus longs. He said he's, he's closer than a brother. He's, 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 he's so close to us when we, uh, when we need him. Amen. And so that's where we're going to go today. But before we go to the next slide, I want to talk about this one thing that I just felt the Lord speak to me um, this morning about. And it's, and it's this. When we get to that tension of change, I want you to remember these three things. I want you to remember perception, mindset, and language. Perception, mindset, and language. These are these three key areas of where we need to grow and develop. How many can remember, you know, when you were, when you were back in school? For some, it was a long time ago. Some it was a long time ago. But how many know we keep on learning, right? Yeah. And so in order for us to keep on learning, we have to understand that we, 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 we're continually in, that, continually in that place of challenge and change. Okay? In order for that transformation to take place, the Bible says, renew your mind. Amen? It says that uh, uh, we behold we behold the Lord and the glory of the Lord. We behold Him, and as we as we become like that which we gaze upon, it's this it's this moment of um, uh, of as we look unto Jesus, the Author and Finisher of our faith, that we are changed into His likeness. Amen. And that's individually, but it's also corporately at the same time. 
And so in order for us to grow, our perception has to change, our mindset has to change, but also at the same time, our language has to change. Think back to perhaps when you were first saved. When you were first saved, there was this, there was this, um, this, this, this uh, opportunity to go, well, you know, this, there's this opportunity here to receive eternal life. There is this opportunity here that I am restored to God because of what Jesus did at the cross. That we, that's what we celebrated during communion. And immediately what happened is the way you see God and the way you see your fellow man changes. Your perception changes. Well, then how you think about those things and what you think about begins to change as well. Your mindset begins to change. And then what happens is your language begins to change. You might notice, I've heard countless stories where people, before they came to the Lord, just continually swore. Like, and if that's you, more power to you. That's, you know, that's fine. But I'll guarantee you this one thing. I'll guarantee you this one thing. The more you become like Jesus, the less you'll swear. <laughs> it's, just the, it's just a fact. And so many people have encountered that is that as they, you know, they, you know I, I talked with a businessman once and he, um, he uh, got saved. He, he gave his heart to the Lord. And then when he went to, um, back to work, his, his workmates after a couple of weeks said, hey, mate, you know, you know why aren't you swearing so much? And he goes, well, I gave my life to Jesus. Oh, so you're a goody two-shoes now. He goes, well, no, I've, you're the first person that's actually pointed out that, that my language has changed. Hello? So we're, we're, we're led into this opportunity that, that what I want you to do this morning is that as we read through this scripture, and it's a significant chunk of scripture, I, I want you to understand the lens of which you're looking at it through. Because we all have that lens, right? And so um, we, we look at uh, stories in the Bible. We look at Paul, the Apostle Paul. Paul was, Paul was an apex terrorist. Like he was on, on, like he felt that it was God's mission to persecute the Christians. He felt that he was right. He was convinced of it. He'd studied um, uh, uh, under um, notable rabbis. And man, he was, he was going for it. He, he held the coats of people who stoned Stephen. Like, yeah, he, he, he go, guys, l- let me hold your jacket while you throw stones at somebody until they die. Like, we've got to understand. And then what happened to Paul? Paul was on his way to persecute more people and hunt down more Christians. And uh, he was struck with blindness. And the angel of the Lord stood bef- before him and he heard a voice. And he said, and he, and he said um, uh, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul, and Paul re- turned around and uh, recognised that, hey, this is a real encounter who are you, my Lord? Immediately he recognised that there was a person of great authority that was talking to him. Who are you, my Lord? It is I, Jesus, whom you are persecuting. How many know that Paul, Paul's perception had to change? Right? And his mindset had to change. 
Then after that, he had a dream and he had to go and visit uh, um, uh, another Christian's home and, and they had to welcome him in. They knew who he was. And, and Paul's mindset had to change because he had to be taught what was right. And then what happened? His language had to change. How he spoke about things and what he said had to change. Friends, we all have to go through this, period, through this shift. And, and friends, the beautiful thing about this is that it is continual. Has, has anybody ever made it? I haven't. I'll let you know when I get there. But I don't think, right? We look at Peter. Peter was well studied, well, well respected and learned. Um, he had a dream and a, and a vision. Like, you know, so P- Paul, um, sorry, Peter was, uh, um, he had a, um, uh, a dream and a visitation where the Bible says that he went into a trance and he had a dream and a vision of where a sheet came down and all, all the things that he could and by law and most importantly couldn't eat. And the Lord said to him, Peter, eat. He goes, no, 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 that's against the law. I'm not allowed to eat those things. And, uh, and, and the Lord said to him, you can and what was God doing in there? God showed him that, that God is a God of all mankind, not just the Jews. Everybody, everybody. On top of that, God showed him that it was not what touched him that made him unholy. It was what happened in his heart and in his mind. Hello? And you see, this perception has to adjust when we approach Jesus. When we come to Jesus, we have to go, well, hold on a second. He is the lion and he is the lamb. And we're going to dive into that. Are you ready? How I see determines what I think. What I think determines what I say. Why? The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay? So during this Christmas time, it's not just watch what you say. It's, it's, it's um, see things through a Jesus lens. See things through a Jesus lens. Yes, it is a horrible thing what's happening around the world right now. There is a lot of good things happening around the world right now. But if, if we look at it through Jesus' eyes, we'll never lose faith. We may feel some discouragement from time to time, but we'll never lose faith. And this is what we're talking about today. Is that cool? Perception, mindset and language. These are three things that indicate growth and development in your life. When we encounter Jesus, we know that we have been presented with truth. It is how we allow that truth to reshape and form us that matters. It was, an, it was, always, it was always a statement that was uh, said of the disciples. They knew he was disciples because they, they had seen that they had been with him. But Jesus wasn't there at that time, all right? They were changed. The disciples were changed. Friends, guess what? When we spend time with Jesus, we are also changed from the inside out. Amen? Amen? Awesome. All right. Let's go to the next slide. So we're going to read this. Um, I'm going to um, I'm going to invite you to stand as we read this. If, if, if um, your legs need to have a rest, then that's totally fine. But uh, as, as we read this, I'm just going to read this through. Here we go. This is uh, Revelation. What is it? Revelation. I haven't even put the reference in there. Um, uh, 
Revelation chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. And then we're going to be talking about imagery. Here we go. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, you can read it with me, a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and of the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, how are we going guys, next slide. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests unto God. And we shall on the earth. Then verse 11. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth Earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that is are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honour and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. Wow, powerful, isn't it? High five, somebody take your seat. Well done. Well done for reading all that through. Powerful scripture, isn't it? Does it stir you? Does it help you see things in a different light? For me, I read that and I think, wow, this, the imagery of what's taking place. Whilst I've never seen a lamb slain with seven horns and seven eyes and 64 this, you know, it sounds like a Collingwood supporter sometimes, but you know, it's, it's, it's like, it is like uh, uh, the imagery of what's being talked about here is just so powerful. We have to understand that, that at the time, imagery was very powerful. Take a look at this next slide. You remember this slide? Can you answer the question? Name the place. Right, that's it, call it out. Um, can you name the man? 
Ooh, it's shrouded in mystery. Some say that he was carted off and never seen again. But they believe him to be a 22-year-old who just finished doing his shopping, grocery shopping. And he'd had enough and he walked out and stopped those tanks. We all see, we've all seen it, right? We've all seen this image here. And it was uh, a powerful, powerful image of somebody who uh, was seemingly powerless and yet so powerful, right? This imagery is powerful. It stirs something within us. I look at that and, and, and I am inspired by that person. Hello? Are you? I am. Let's have a look at this next slide. OH&S nightmare. Man, if the unions were around back then, right? It, this is the most perilous yet playful lunch break ever captured, the description says. 11 men casually eating, chatting and sneaking a smoke as if they weren't 840 feet above Manhattan with nothing but a thin beam keeping them aloft. The, the comfort is real. The men, um, the men are among the construction workers who helped build the Rockefeller Centre all, all the way back then. That's the place over Manhattan. I reckon this one guy on the end is having a big stiff drink too. I can, he's like holding this bottle. I thought, man, <laughs> you don't want to hit that too hard. What's this next picture? Have a look at this next picture. Imagery is powerful, isn't it? All right. We all love that. Does, does anybody, like Anna, Anna goes, I love that picture. I'd want that up on the wall. That'd be so amazing. Well, this is 1945. Whereabouts? Name the place. Times Square, that's right, Times Square, and it's VJ Day in Times Square, and uh, and this is the backstory to this, all right, and 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 you know, um, you know, if this was done th now, this guy'd probably be arrested and thrown in jail for assault, <laughs> right? Because there was a nurse just walking past and snapped the photo, Boomtown, right? But one of the most famous, Alfred. Eason's, oh, I can't pronounce his last name, one of the first four photographers hired by Life magazine made it his mission to find and catch the storytelling moment. He didn't have to go far when in World War II, when World War II ended on the 14th of August 1945, taking in the mood on the Eastonstadt, um, soon found himself in the joyous tumult, tumult of Times Square. As he searched for subjects, a sailor in front of him grabbed hold of a nurse, tilted her back and schmacko, kissed her. The photograph of that passionate swoop distilled the relief and promise that that of that momentous day in a single moment of unbridled joy, although some argue today that it should be seen as a case of sexual assault. Yeah. All right. So what's, what's, this, what's this next picture? Have a look at this next picture. All right, name the brand. Oh, it's <laughs> I can see it, but you can't. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, it's not working. It's not working. Yeah, you see, see, if you, uh, if you had your live... Uh, you would be able to see what's on here, right? Okay, so so if 
if, if you can see it on this tiny screen right here, or you can turn around and have a look at the back screen up there. Name the brand. What's the brand? Nike. Yeah, it's not Nike. It's actually Air Jordan, but Nike owns, owned it. That's right. Um, name the player? Obviously. Michael Jordan, all right? Let's have a look what that little symbol, like imagery is powerful, isn't it, right? Imagery, the first Air Jordan shoe was produced for basketball player Michael Jordan during his time with Chicago Bulls in late 1984. Anybody remember 1984? Yes. Oh, those were the days, my friend. Okay, and released to the public on the 1st of April 1985. The shoes were designed for Nike by by Peter Moore and Tinker Hatfield and Bruce Kilgore. Who knew these people's names? No one. No one. No one, right? The Jordan logo, named as Jumpman, originated from a photograph by Jacob Rentmeester taken before Jordan played for a Team USA in the 1980s. This symbol alone represents $5.1 billion to Nike. Of that, a reported 150 to 256 million, big difference there, went directly to Michael Jordan under his deal with Nike. Do you know he was assigned to Adidas before that and Adidas wouldn't take him? Little tidbit of information for you. So these images stir up powerful things. And so as we go to our next slide, we have to understand that as we start to see Jesus as a lion, oh, as we start to see Jesus as a lion, that, that in that scripture in Revelation, and one of the elders said to me, do not weep, see the lion of the tribe of Judah. Do you know that the name Judah means praise? So it's the lion of the tribe of praise. You and I are part of that tribe. So, so it's not, it's by no mistake that, you know, often the first, some of the first, sometimes we change it around a bit, but often the first songs that we sing are like praise songs. They're, they're here to stir you up. They're here to let that caffeine that you brought on the way through hit that bloodstream and say, hey, come on, we're going to praise because Jesus is that lion. You know, I think when we get to heaven, he's going to be such a preacher He's going to be preaching up there and he's going, to be, he's, he's going to be teaching us a few things. And, you know, I think maybe every now and then he might begin to roar like a lion just to let us know that he's still that lion. Hello? As we start to see this, these tribulations and these, and these things happening around the world, we have to understand that, that Jesus is that lion. I remember hearing a story of... Um, of a man, of a uh, Chinese man who um, was actually in, um, uh, he went to the um, outpouring, the Toronto revival, the Toronto revival in, in, uh, in Toronto, Canada. And, um, and uh, he, was, he, was in this, he was in this meeting and it was just dead quiet. And, and this, this little young, um, like late teens man, he just began to roar in this church service. Now, if somebody started to do that here, it'd turn a few heads, <laughs> right? 
But he started to roar and roar and roar and roar and roar. Anyway, the service continued on. There was lots of praise and worship and that was beautiful and a lot of people were touched by God. But then interviewed, <coughs> interviewed he, they, they said, you know, what was happening? You know, what was going on in your heart and what was going on? And, and he, he said, for years, for years, the dragon has roared over my nation, China. But he said, but I heard the lion of the tribe of Judah begin to roar over my great nation, China. Now this, this was about 35 years ago. That man today leads the world's largest underground church there. They estimate it to be about 80 million people. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Now, what if, he, what, if, what if he'd have gone, oh, I can hear the, you know, why did he, you know, manifest the roaring of that? Well, it, it, it was just, how many know that when we invite Jesus into our heart, he actually comes into our heart? And, you know, sometimes when Jesus is moved, we also need to be moved. Why? Because he's the lion. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the lion of the tribe of praise. We will not be silenced. Guess what? Jesus won't be silenced either. He is speaking now. He is roaring now. If you catch nothing else, remember, perception, mindset, language. Our perception of Jesus, we must understand that he is worthy. He is beautiful. He is gentle. But when he needs to roar, he will. And some of us have family members that we wish he would roar over. Some of us have neighbours. Some of us have people in and around our life that we say, Jesus. And, you know, and, and, that, might, and that might be an off-the-cuff statement, but the truth is he will roar. Why? Because the Bible said every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Because in his presence, friends, amen? Let's go to that next slide. So as we see Jesus as the lion of the tribe of Judah, what imagery does this stir up in your heart? Jesus has total authority. The Bible was very clear said, all authority has been given to me. All authority. In his final commission, all authority has been given. There's not one bit that he hasn't left out. There's not, there is nothing in the earth, under the earth, above the earth, that is, that is not subject to him. Everything is subject to Jesus. Everything. Everything. And friends, let me tell you, we can kick against him all we like, but we're still subject. Huh? This changes how we approach him. This changes how we approach worship. This changes how we approach prayer. Hello? He's majestic. He's unwavering. Judah, praise, praise, praise. They would send out, the Israelites would send out the, the tribe of Judah uh, often in front of the army. 
And we joke about it all the time. It's not because their music was bad and the enemy was, no, turn it off, you know. No, it was because when they understood, they understood that praise brings the anointing of God. If if you're here today and you're struggling with a few things, maybe you need to just praise your way through it. Maybe you just need to, you know, I woke up maybe, you know, five or six times throughout the night. I was up pacing through the house and I just felt like absolute rubbish. And I said, no, no, I know. I am not going to let sickness stop this message today. Why? Because I think it's going to break something in your life. Bring you into a place of freedom is my point. Judah, praise. Praise Praise your way through it. Praise your way through it. And if you don't know how to, get beside somebody who does and do it together. Very powerful. Complete power. Complete power. Let's go to this next slide. Hmm. (laughs) There's all sorts of things that have been going wrong today. We started a bit late today. It is funny, isn't it? Jesus is the lamb slain. Jesus, the lamb slain. You just got a preview of everything right now. When it comes up, I want you to look at this image. Not that one. I want you to look at this image. This, this was an image that was painted by a, a prodigy artist, Akian, and, and she, um, she, she felt that she saw Jesus and then she painted the image or, 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 the, or the picture of what she saw of Jesus, right? <clears throat> He's still a lion, <laughs> right? But you see, when we start to look at, I wasn't going to show you a lamb slain, <laughs> right? But Jesus, the lamb slain, is this picture of humility, sacrifice, salvation. You've heard the phrase, led to a lamb. Like, yeah? You know, these cute little innocent spotless things. And they're let off to... Jesus didn't protest once as he was let off to be crucified, to be beaten. That's why he's the line of the tribe of Judah. Because there was no one else worthy. There was no one else worthy in heaven or on earth or under the earth except Jesus. No one else was worthy except him. There was no angel. There was no one who'd walked the face of the earth before Jesus or after Jesus. Let's get that slide back up, please. It should have been you and me. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Death was our inheritance, separated from God, separated from Father God. Sin had entered our hearts and our lives. 
but because of what Jesus did, because he went all the way. He released healing, miracles, and freedom from demonic control to you and I. Friends, we don't just come to church. We come to Jesus. We don't just come and lift up hands. The Bible says lift up holy hands. As we lift up our hands unto the Lord, it's him who has made them holy. Not by anything that we've done. But do you know what? The little bit that we do by just by turning up, just by lifting our voices, the little bit that we do, wow. The Lord says that he inhabits the praises of his people. <gasps> wow. So guess what? It's a powerful moment when we come together in prayer and prayer and worship. It's a powerful moment when you lock yourself away in that closet space and you begin to pray unto the Lord in that quiet space, in that small space. Next slide. The truth is that to encounter Jesus means that you've been given the choice to live free from sin. Before I met Jesus, I sinned. It was part of my nature. I wanted to. Before you met Jesus, it was part of your nature. The biggest thing that Jesus did by dying upon the cross and being raised from the dead is to restore right relationship with Father God, that we are no longer orphans. In doing that, he had to deal with this one issue in our lives, sin. Before you met Jesus, it was part of your nature. You wanted to. There was a whole, you know, you, we can't look at the world and just go, you know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. That's, that's just really bad. What? It's part of the, people's nature. Right? There, there, is, there is moral standards, yes, but we have to understand that they have not yet come into that place of right relationship with God. It's almost to be expected. Does that make sense? But now that Jesus is here in our heart, it is no longer in my nature to sin. It is foreign. Why? Because I have been born again. <laughs> have you ever heard the statement, dead men don't sin? Why? Because the Bible clearly states that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, we are died. We have died with him and yet we are raised to life with him also. So we die to our old self. How many know that sometimes every day our old self has to die? <laughs> that's, why, that's why there's that statement of we daily take up our cross. Daily take up our cross. 
And guess what? The beauty is, is that the Bible says that though a righteous man falls seven times, seven times he's going to get back up again. Why? Because God's mercies are unending. Why? Because Jesus is the lamb slain, but he is also the lion roaring over your life, roaring daily victory, daily success, daily increase and daily transformation into his image and into his likeness. And we become these little lions also roaring, reflecting his goodness and his grace and his love here in the face of the earth. Amen. It's uneasy to talk about sin, isn't it? But we can't have forgiveness. We can't have the cross without it, without understanding that we've been set free of sin. So the tension is in this confession. Jesus, I give you my life. How many in the room have prayed that once before? Many of us all around the room. Jesus, I give you my life. Why is there tension around this? I'll tell you why. The tension around this is that to see Jesus as the lion and the lamb places him as Lord of our life. That means I am no longer Lord of my life. I carry responsibility. I carry purpose. I carry... I carry um, uh, plans. I, I, I have to fulfil the roles of which, whether I'm employed to or whether I am, uh, you know, a father and a husband, there are still roles and responsibilities. But I am no longer Lord of my life. I'll guarantee you one thing. The biggest areas of struggle in your life are the biggest areas you have not yet surrendered to him, to his lordship. But the beauty is, is that our struggle becomes his struggle. Jesus said, I will be with you always. Some of the time, but always. Amen? Hey, who wouldn't want a lion roaring? Who wouldn't want somebody who laid down their life for you to be continually walking with you? Would you want that? Man, I would. Your life is his life. His victory becomes your victory in any area of where you struggle. Friends, the tension often is where we need to sell out, authentically sell out to this place of Jesus. I give you my life. Jesus, I recognise you as a lion who roars, but as, a, as a, a lamb slain for the atonement of my sin, as a lamb slain to, for the wiping out of all of my sin. Amen? Amen? Jesus is the lion and the lamb. The lion and the lamb. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for this powerful imagery, for this powerful place of leaning in, 
Lord, that our perception, our mindset and our language would change, Lord. Our perception of who you are, our perception of of who we see ourselves to be and Lord, how that outworks through our life. Jesus, you are the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus, you are the lamb slain to take away the sin of the world. We thank you right now for what you have done in our hearts. We thank you right now that we can come and lift up our voices. We can lift up our hands because of what you have done. With everybody here today, I wanna challenge you to pray that prayer. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you all of it, every area of it. Lord, let there be no space in my life that you're not in. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I want to be changed. I want to go from glory to glory. Jesus, in this moment, we proclaim you, Lord of our life. Jesus, I give you my life. So Heavenly Father, right now, Lord, everywhere that the enemy has sought to undermine this revelation. Jesus, we place the blood of the Lamb against the work of the enemy. And Jesus, you set us free from any demonic control. That by your stripes we are healed. In this solemn moment, Lord, Jesus, we long to encounter you. In Jesus' name. We all said? Amen. God bless you. Thanks, Ed. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. 
I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you, and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org, and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details, and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news, and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.